You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. All right, John, last episode, we went into some of the data around what's happening in the e-commerce world in 2021 and volume down, costs are up in marketing, businesses are chewing each other up from a marketing perspective. One of the points that's come up more than a few times with our clients and some of our partners is, you know, when do you start discounting and how do you use those discounts? And my, because I've done this with you and we've had multiple conversations, including my brand around, you know, discounts. I'm like, no, don't ever do discount. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, if you want to, we got to talk to John. And so I thought, okay, because this is going to be something that people are thinking about, like whether that's old inventory or... Mm-hmm. I just need to move product and price is an easy one for me to change. I'm just going to change price so I can move product. Let's talk about this (laughs) and let's put some, some data. And I know you have a lot of psychology around just discounts and and how and why and why not and all of these Mm -hmm. things. And so I I want you to refresh in my mind because I've had this conversation with you multiple times, but also let's let the the public in into some of the, John Ryan conversations around, I really want to discount John. (laughs) Help me. Uh, It's my my easy button for revenue juice. Uh, It Obviously, it makes my conversion rates look fancy when I discount. When they're probably not, right? Yeah. So I guess, John, let's let's start with, you know, why do brands discount? What's going through their mind or what are they thinking about when they decide discounts what I need to be doing? Well, I think, unfortunately, you said it earlier that a lot of brands use it as the easy button, right? Uh. And so a lot of e-commerce businesses and just retail businesses as well lean on heavy discount pricing to help carry their brand through maybe difficult economic times like pandemics. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Maybe they get the vast majority of their sales during holiday season, so they feel they need to do like a mid-year discount or just even to drive conversions. I mean, I... I know you've heard me say this before, but discounting is not conversion optimization. It's margin drain, mm-hmm. right? And so going back to the coronavirus example, you know, according to a recent study done by McKinsey and company, 40% of consumers are more mindful of where they spend their money. And 32% say they're going to be moving to use less expensive brands or products to save money coming out of the pandemic. So you know, there's a huge segment of the population in the United States that was severely impacted financially. And I think brands are trying to appeal to them through discounting. But, you know, competing with lower price products is is just really hard as well, right? So a lot of retailers will turn to discounts to be able to compete with those brands that are selling at a lower price point. And on the surface, I get it. That feels like the right thing to do, especially when mm-hmm. 60% of consumers say discounts are important to them, right? But it's really just an issue. So when employed strategically, discounting pricing can obviously give a healthy sales boost. I can't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But when handled incorrectly, it's going to devalue and detract from your bottom line and make your online sales less sustainable. Well, I think a lot of us, maybe in the back of our mind, have kind of like the, that real estate mantra that your house will sell. It just it just depends on the price. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's going to, if it's priced at 100000 it might it might be worth eighty, and somebody's going to come pay you eighty for it. And so you're thinking like, okay, if I priced my product at 
it might only be worth 18. Ah, what if I need a 10% discount to get people over the hump? Mm-hmm. And so I can see how that they fall into that trap a lot. But then you also see, you know, recently we had Prime Day. That's Amazon trying to flatten the revenue line so it's not like 90% of our revenue comes between yep. <laughs> Cyber Monday and Christmas, which a lot of brands do. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's countless friends and family sales that happen during the summer trying to drive those users back into the pipeline. Well, I, I think that's all true, but I really want to be clear on on my stance here, right? That you should never employ discounts if your brand is going to suffer in the long term. So is it a quick fix for that mid-year slump? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, if sales are so bad that you're being forced to turn to discounting prices, your problems are much, much deeper than your pricing Mm -hmm. strategy. And so usually when I see brands doing heavy discounting or any discounting, it's, it's because they have other unanswered issues that really should be starting to get resolved. I think that, you know, the problem becomes the discounting pricing often handled incorrectly, but when it is handled incorrectly, it leads to the devaluation of your products in your consumer's eyes, and it just teaches them to wait for the next sale. And I see this all the time. I, you know, we've talked about this where your wife goes to craft stores and she knows she's going <laughs> to get a coupon. So why even, you know, buy without the coupon? Cause you know, one's coming soon. I can wait a week, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. create urgency. It really just creates the opposite. I think that it's just a big challenge that a lot of brands are teaching their consumers that their products aren't worth what it's listed for. It's worth that discounted price. And that is going to be unsustainable for the long term. Okay. So generally, if we sum it up, generally discounting bad. Mm -hmm. But when are the opportunities to maybe leverage it in a good way? Are there situations that make sense for some brands that they should at least consider it? Well, I think so. And that's what makes it essential to really understand the fundamentals of of pricing strategies, right? Including the advantages and, and the disadvantages we've talked about. I mean, you know, there's lots of types of discounts that brands should be thinking about, right? So let's just list off a few of those, right? There's discount codes, right? And they often, you can use these to just give people a dollar or percentage off, which is something I'm not a huge fan of. But if you tag it around a, a specific event like Prime Day, right, where it's limited time, you could give it to influencers to share with their audience to, to help stoke some action, right? And or promote maybe a very specific line of products that, that mm-hmm. you want to maybe new products or clear out some, some old product without saying it's on clearance or that it's an old product. These are all things that can be really, really helpful. You know, there's abandoned cart discounts, right? So, you know, the average abandoned cart rate is almost 70%. So 70% of customers are going to abandon their cart and walk away from your store. It's, that's a high number, right? Especially when you spend all this money to get them there, but you can lure those people back in pretty easily with the promise of money off. Most, I will say based on our research, most of the people are abandoning for two reasons. They, they want to abandon and wait for that email with that discount because they've been trained or two, they're abandoning because they're going to look for a coupon elsewhere on the internet. And then they can't find one. They've spent 10 minutes looking for it. Now they get frustrated and they say, oh, I'm, I'm done. Right? I'm just not going to buy it. I'm probably a large percentage of those. There you go. See? 
I, I, I could see it in your eyes, Ryan, discount shopper. <laughs> I was like, yes, I've done that many times. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's also flash sales, right? So there's those big shopping events. We talked about Prime Day, but you, a lot of brands do it around Cyber Monday and things of that sort. So putting it to a limited time frame can be valuable and, and not really hurt your brand as much. And it can increase urgency as, as long as you're not doing it on a regular interval, right? That's the key. Don't say every month I'm going to do a week where things are on sale. Consumers are just going to know to come back during that week, right? But if you do mm-hmm. it once a year, twice a year, or even just say, hey, for the next six hours, we're doing this special, something of that sort, it could work pretty well. One of my favorites is when you start thinking more on the promotion side, less on the discount side. Mm-hmm. So do things like free gifts with purchase. When you get something for free, it feels really good typically. And, you know, this isn't so much about the discount, but, you know, really just sweetening the deal. And um, it's really good for for things like first-time customers, right? So after your first order, you get something that's complimentary to your products. Or, you know, maybe you get a sample of another product that they is complimentary and they may like. You know, I see a lot of these type of things happening uh, lately, which over... COVID was, was great. So I think that's something that, that you know, brands really could look into. You know, free shipping if you spend over X dollars. This is a great way to also increase your average order value, right? So mm-hmm. nine out of 10 consumers say free shipping is the top incentive for them to buy online. You want to pay the price of the product. You're happy to do that. Uh, it's the same you pay at retail, but you don't want to pay to get it to your door. For some reason, consumers feel like that's a separate you know, that's not my fault. I'm buying online and the brand has to get it to me, <laughs> get me the product. That's, you know, like that's should be part of the deal. So 93% of customers will buy more free shipping options are available. And I think that's, that's just an incredible number. And I think that includes, there's probably a lot of testing and measuring around that too, mm-hmm. on what that number could or should be. Cause it's, you can probably start with an arbitrary one, but then you want to see, well, AOV is, 45 maybe you don't want to make your free shipping threshold 90. exactly exactly what i recommend brands do is they look at what their current aov is and take that average order value and set your free shipping just above that number and encourage people to spend a little bit more so i think that's something that can go you know really long way for brands and in offering free shipping you know, what you can also do then is say, sign up to my email list and you get free shipping on your first order, no matter what the value is, right? So, you know, now you're offering an incentive to sign up that is not a discount, right? It, it, it doesn't feel the same as a discount to them. And there's a lot of stuff you can do for these first time customers that, that to get them up on your email list. So, so really be thinking about that does not have to be a, a discount, although it's really, really common these days. And that's part of the challenge. The e-commerce industry has created their own problem here where mm-hmm. they've trained brands. It's kind of like Amazon, you know, gets the blame for making it so that everybody expects the package to be at their door in two days. And e- every other DTC e-com brand has to put up with that and has to figure out how to make it happen without having the warehouses all over the country and the logistics. So mm-hmm. uh, it's where great places like ShipBob come in, right, that help you do that. <laughs> so You're welcome, Casey. 
Not, yes, I not do paid like for this. It's not a paid commercial. But, <laughs> but a lot of our brands use them, right? So it, uh-huh. it's something where, you know, one of the value propositions of working with a 3PL is indeed two-day shipping. So, you know, the last one to really be thinking about here is kind of a tiered model, right? So the more you spend, the more you save. I actually kind of like this a little bit because it's the mindset that's behind these tiered discounts where, you know, percentages increase on with the customer's cart total. And I, I just really like that approach because now you're incentivizing, you're not just discounting. So instead of just saying, hey, it's a flat discount, you know, to just get them to purchase. Now you're saying, hey, I, you were likely already going to purchase, but I'll just help you spend more. And I think that can work out extremely well. Now, have you seen any app or plugin for that? Because having some Shopify and big commerce sites, mm-hmm. I can see that being one of the biggest pains in my existence online, trying to figure out how to put that tier in place. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people use loyalty programs for this mm. and hack those loyalty program apps. Like the lifetime move. value spend, not necessarily the spend in that order. Well, you can adjust it so that they can cash them out you know, when they earn them. Mm-hmm. So it's instead of banking them for future sales or future conversions, you're saying, hey, you're going to earn 500 points on this and that's worth $5 off today, right? Yep. So you get to basically apply the points to the purchase that you, you were going to earn them on at the same So you can apply, earn them and use them at the same time, if that makes sense. Nope, then that's it, really good. Well, it becomes like a coupon at that mm-hmm. sense, right? You're going to have to make the purchase to get the, get the, the thing off on the coupon. Uh, but now you're just saying, hey, you're signed up for my loyalty program, right? You were going to earn points on this exact purchase, but you can also apply those points to this purchase. Starbucks does a good job with that in their app. They let you earn points right away, but you can also then turn around and use those right right then as well. So Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with, even get more people in your loyalty program, mm-hmm. you know, do it. I mean, I would like hand out dollar bills if I could to get people to... <laughs> <laughs> start in my loyalty programs. You have permission to communicate with them and those people are going to spend more money. Yeah. So you can gamify that purchase funnel. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers. And Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. If we want, we could spend time on the, on the psychological principles behind this a little bit too. Yeah, I think that would help because it's not just as simple as here's a discount, use it or not type mm-hmm. thing. But there are there's also a lot of science behind why and how to give discounts that I think is important for a lot of brands to understand if they decide to start dabbling in some of these discount spaces. For sure. And I think, you know, you start thinking about things like just conditioning, right? If you start offering these discounts too frequently, you're just training that audience to wait for the promotions. And Mm -hmm. so you really need to be thinking about just conditioning right off the top. How are you going to offer these deals and uh, how often? And I think that if a little bit of planning in this goes a long way, and as we said up front, a lot of people are just hitting the easy button. I'll just throw discounts out. I'll just do dollar percentage off but then you really are ruining yourself in the future. 
there's also that issue of quality. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of brands you'll never see on sale. And there's a reason it's because, you know, uh, somebody typically would buy that luxury brand because they know there's a perception of quality there for other people. Right. So, you know, if you buy a really nice watch, you want other people to see that on you, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if you were to put two products next to each other and one is $200 less, most people that you would survey would say one is inferior to the other in some way. It must be because it's $200 less. Right. So yep. discounting can lower the perceived quality of your goods. So always want to keep that in mind. And then there's the, the, the principle of scarcity. Right. So when you tie your discount to urgency, it's going to be more effective. So you could always say something like, you know, buy now or lose the opportunity or something of that sort that, that kind of helps them to place the, ur- the order immediately. So only a few left in stock, if that's true, right, can be a really good motivator, and especially, you know, without having to do a discount. Now, what about specific on scarcity, the authenticity behind some of these scarcity tactics? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we hate Wheelio. You know, you guys are probably nice that made it, but the actual app itself, spin to win, I don't like. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other Shopify plugin that talks about all these people buying these products as, mm-hmm. as I'm browsing their site. And on many of them, I know for a fact they're fake because yes. the site only gets like 10 visitors a month. So how could 100 people have bought while I've been on here? Like Susie in Atlanta. Sorry, Susie, you did not buy that. Right. Exactly. It's true. I have to imagine maybe it causes subconscious scarcity, but it also... You know, if you're somebody like me, it just pisses me off that you're lying to me and other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reality here is a lot of that is created to just have social influence, right? Which is which is all another you know principle. I think you know most people like to to brag about getting a good deal, but they also want to be influenced by what other people got. Goes back mm-hmm. to what I was using with the watch example earlier, right? So I think that that's something where you know you want to know how have people reviewed this in the past, but also. Are other people buying this? I want to be part of that group. I don't want to be left out. I think those influencing factors can work when they're authentic. But the tool that that you mentioned, which blew up across the internet a handful of years ago, and you rarely see anymore, is that pop-up coming up out of the corner or slide in that that says, you know, Susie and Atlanta bought this product 55 minutes ago. And you're like, you know, you and I both know because we get the chance to look at all this data that a lot of those are indeed not accurate or truthful. But the reality is they're trying to stoke that social influence. And I guess with all of this, if your option comes down between offering a discount or lying to your consumers, offer the discount. Just do it because you obviously can't think of anything better. So you're going to lie to your consumers. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather you don't do that. That's stooping below a discount. Uh, which uh-huh. in my book is pretty low already. So, <laughs> you know, not, not a huge fan. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, the reality is here that you really need to justify your discounts and always have a reason for doing them and make sure there's some exclusivity there, which is the last point that I would touch on with psychology. If you do that, then your customers will always think of, you know, not necessarily your brand being discounted, but they're getting something because of an event, right? So otherwise, your your customers just are going to start to think that your profit margins are so high, you can afford to discount everything all the time, which you and I both know is not accurate, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Apple is a phenomenal example of not discounting. Mm-hmm. They have phenomenal margins, 
they smoke every other phone maker out there as far as their margins are concerned. Yeah. And if you're in the business world, you've probably seen their earnings and you know their margins are gross. But I still pay for it. <laughs> I still buy a $1,000 phone even though I know mm-hmm. it's there. Just I know that it's not going to go on sale. Like if I want the new phone, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I pay retail. Yeah, that's exactly um, but They've it. done a phenomenal job at creating that aura of quality. Not every brand's going to have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. So, but kind of look at them as an example, I think, of what you can do and create a massive global brand. But one thing I didn't hear from you, which I I like, it's difficult, but it's the discount around bundling. And maybe that's kind of in tears or something, mm. or is that falling to one of the things you talked through already? But bundling, it's Yeah, bundling is tough. a great option um, because then what you do is you say, okay, I'll take three $10 products and sell them for $25. And uh-huh. so the consumer is going to inherently save some money because they bought more. So that's a similar to a tiered approach, but the reality is it doesn't feel like discount to them it feels like they're buying more so they should get some type of of break for doing that and so again it's just the psychological principle that's a little bit different there they're not having to go hunt for a code they're not having to you know say they have a coupon or a discount code or join a loyalty program or do any of these things you're just saying buy more and, and and you pay a little bit less and i think that really can add up for brands pretty quickly. It's one of the first things we like to implement with brands who aren't doing it because they'll see their average order value go up pretty dramatically uh, if you get the bundles correct. Mm-hmm. It's not the easiest to implement always on a site. I've, there's so many problems that come into play mm-hmm. with certain types of bundles. But we have some auto parts clients that you have map pricing on certain things. You can get around map by bundling some things together in a different price because it's technically a different SKU. Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot more creativity. So if you're the easy button discounted, it's probably just going to make you angry. But I think the benefits are pretty massive if you can figure out bundling. And my favorite's the mix and match, but that also breaks a lot of websites with variants where you're able to pick what things you want in there. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you have to weigh the complexity of implementation on these. A lot Mm -hmm. of them are going to be really difficult to implement and you need to pay attention to that. And, you know, if you can't afford to do that for one reason or another, I still challenge you to not hit the easy button and immediately go to just a dollar a percentage off. Got it. Okay. So punchline in e-commerce, discount pricing, is it a good idea or a bad idea? Well, I think incentivizing customers can seem like the right thing to do. And adding a discount code is just the easy button, as we've talked about, the default way of doing that. But while it might boost your sales numbers, I, I think it comes with serious trade-offs. And that's typically why I don't recommend that. You know, I hear all the time, but everybody is discounting, right? I mean, <laughs> I've heard that from you too. Well, well, sure, because they are just hitting that easy button, not trying to find the best way to boost their sales numbers or increase revenue or instill brand loyalty. All of those things are, are really important. And again, I, I don't want to say you should never offer discounts. I'm simply saying that there's better ways to incentivize purchase. Increase the value your customer receives rather than slashing your prices. And I think you'll find that you'll really avoid a lot of the detrimental long-term effects of discounting. You know, those really drained margins, that lower customer lifetime value, the the high churn, or 
even attracting those less than ideal customers that are really just going to be a customer service nightmare and in the end cost you way more to service. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things to be thinking about here. All in all, is it bad? If I have to hop off one side of the fence, I'm going to say bad. But I understand why brands do it at the same time. Yeah, and I would say that if your products are priced higher than your competition and you use that to justify discounts to get down to their price, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be better off just matching their price. And that's going to help from a Google shopping perspective and mm-hmm. discoverability when you're just on par. I forget who I was talking to earlier in the week, but I said, you know, I, I will get companies that still to this day tell me that they charge more for their products because they have a very educated workforce that have more experience mm-hmm. than all their other competitors. I was like, well, that's awesome. And you should have that if you can, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if nobody's bought from you before, they have no idea that that's behind the scenes. Yep. And so if I see your shop at 20% premium and somebody else that's at a 10% premium and everything else looks the same, I'm gonna take the one that's not as expensive. Like if they've got reviews and they look legit, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna pay extra because I want to be nice. Right. Uh, and, and I am a nice guy, but I'm still not going to pay extra. <laughs> I, I, I feel, I mean, I understand that. I think pricing is a huge challenge for brands. And instead of doing the research and understanding where they should be priced, if you're just offering a discount, again, you have a big problem. So usually discounting comes from the root of a different issue that has yet to be resolved. So I highly recommend taking that step back first really evaluating if a discount campaign should be used on your brand or your site. And if you're thinking, yes, it should, then have some really good understanding about why you're doing that. And maybe what what is the systemic issue that could be fixed? Yeah. And I challenge some companies that would come to us for trying to level their revenue stream by doing sales in the middle of the year. Mm. Maybe you need to diversify your product line. Maybe that's a better answer than just discounting all the stuff that generally sells in the winter. Maybe you need something that sells in the summer. Maybe you need to do pool toys or sunscreen or something uh, to help flatten that or go in the other hemisphere uh, during the summer if you're in winter stuff. So lots of options, but it's definitely more complicated and challenging than discounting. Yes. But probably more valuable. Yes, uh, like most things in business, the easy way is is likely that what's going to get you the initial gains, but not long-term success. Yeah, nobody wants to buy a business for a premium when you, all you've done is discount to get sales. There you go. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, John? Any other parting words? I think we should end on that note. <laughs> all right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Keep up to date with new episodes. You can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.